You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Job 33, 14 through 18. This, this, is, this scripture is so profound to me. Job 33, starting verse 14, it says, For God may speak in one way or in another. I think the traditional King James, he speaks once, he speaks twice. God speaks in one way or another, yet man does not perceive it. He speaks in a dream. He speaks in a vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds. So you're not thinking about God, but he's thinking about you. You're not thinking about making any changes, but God's thinking about you. You're not planning on joining this church, but God's got a plan for you. You're not planning on getting saved and born again, but God's got a greater plan for you. And so verse 16 says, while you're sleeping and you're slumbering in your beds, he opens the ear of men and he seals the instruction. You will plan on doing something, but God now gives you fresh instructions. Watch this, verse 17, in order to turn man from his deed, turn you from what you planned on doing. Oh, come on now. I, I know there's some people who got ready to marry somebody, and God tried to interrupt it, but they talk about, what, but the invitation's already out. But God said, uh, this, I, I know you love him, but you done fell in love with the wrong person. In the words of the late, great Tita Turner, what's love got to do, got to do? What's love the second hand? God said, what's love got to do with it? I'm, I'm trying to get you in purpose. Can I tell you, I, I, I don't know why I, I, I say this every now and then. I know people get all moved by love, but you can love the wrong person. Oh, yeah, you can fall in love with the wrong person. And God, meantime, will try to seal your instructions. I don't know who that's for. Trying to turn man from his deed and conceal the pride of man. You just got your mind made up. This is what you're going to do because you think it's going to make you great. And God's trying to keep you from your pride. Verse 18, and he's trying to keep your soul from the pit and your life from perishing by the sword. God said, you need to let me interrupt this thing. I know that's what you're planning. I know that's what you want to do. But I'm trying to interrupt this because you don't know where this thing is headed. You don't know the outcome of this thing. You need to let my call interrupt your life. God often calls us, y'all, at inconvenient times and in strange places. Ah, I came across the scripture. Matthew... We call him a tax collector, but he was a white-collar IRS worker. Matthew 9 and 9, Matthew knows it says, I want you all to see this. You have it up? Jesus passed on from there, and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said, follow me. He arose and followed. He was just sitting in his cubicle. He's sitting at the office. Oh, my God. And he got a call. I would be adjusting those claims down there in case. 
And God was calling me, said, it's time for you to quit this job. And I came home telling Pastor Marcin, you know, the Lord dealing with me. He told me, wear this like a loose garment. She said, it ain't that loose yet. I said, but our church had about 20 people, okay, 40 attending, 20 of them committed. The other 20 looked at me side-eye, like, we don't know you, and we don't know if you're still going to be here. You don't own anything. You're renting this little building. <laughs> week by week, you could be gone next week. And God's dealing with me. He's trying to interrupt my life. Now, you need to understand, for the first uh, I mean, so now we're talking like 90, 96, 97. We had struggled for about at least eight years. I mean, struggling, not being able to pay our bills, living from, from check to check and month to month. And on first name basis with the folks down at the utility company because we're working our payment arrangement. And now it looks like things are flowing. Looks like we're, st- we're having more money than month now. Come on now. It, it, uh, 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 my, all my bills are being paid within 30 days. I'm still paying the late fee, but <laughs> within 30 days. And God tells me, it's time for you to go full-time in the ministry. Oh, no, God, this, this call is an interruption to my economics. I don't see how a church of 40 people going to be able to take care of six people or, or where, where is the money coming from. This is a major interruption. I go to a service. At, at that time, a church that was, at that time, Colonial Heights is now New Heights up the street. But it was Colonial Heights at the time downtown. Somebody's written that church. And this preacher who's since going to be with the Lord, I think that was Humphrey Minnis. Some of y'all remember that name in this city. He's preaching. And while he's preaching, he keeps saying, are you willing to risk it all for what God told you to do? And I'm saying, oh, Jesus. And he wouldn't let that thing go. Then he come close to me. Are you willing to risk it all for what God told you to do? And I don't know how many of y'all seen the, seen the Blues Brothers. Do you see the light? Do you see the light? I said, yes, Lord. I, I went downstairs in that church. They had a pay phone. Some of y'all know what that is either. I called up Moss. I said, when we get home, when I come home, I got something to talk to you about. And she said, what you need to talk to me about? I said, we'll talk to you. She said, don't come telling me about no full-time in ministry, which means the Lord had already been talking to her too. And I knew God called me to go full-time in ministry with a church of 40 people and told me to do nothing else but ministry. To give up my $60,000, now that may not sound like a lot of money, but in 1997, for a black boy from the projects in Jersey City, New Jersey, making $60,000, y'all, I'm cooking with grease. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I get get my George Jefferson walk on there. Yes, sir. I make $60,000. And to go from 60000 and our church at the time was paying us $150 a week. A hundred for me and 50 for Pastor Marcia. 
and she, she said she never saw her 50. But she continued to eat. And we went living by faith. And the first month we did it, I got our family together and said, we need $3,000 a month. Okay, uh, 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 I get fired because I didn't allow the interruption. If you don't voluntarily accept the interruption, God still got a way of interrupting it. Now you can do this voluntarily or non-voluntarily, but I got a plan and it's going to interrupt your plan. <laughs> so now we're fired or quired. Quiet means I was trying to quit, but they fired me first. <laughs> now my life is interrupted. We needed $3,000 a month. That's all the money I, I think we had that. We could, we could make it. And the first month, go to New Jersey because my mother-in-law came down here, put us in the trick, and she had to be back the next day. Had to, we left church on Sunday morning and drove back to New Jersey that day. Uh, she said she was going to pay for gas. Didn't pay for gas. I don't know how we made it and dedicated a friend of mine's child. This is all in my book, Defining Moments of Faith. Dedi rented Bishop Bailey's student, rented. Asked if I could use the church and dedicate his children. He wouldn't let anybody else dedicate his children. They're like four and two or something like that. And we just have a little ceremony, dedicate his children. And he, we go out to dinner and he gives me an envelope. He said, by the time you get to South Carolina, this will be good. And I put it in my jacket and for some reason, it, 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 it was burning my jacket and burning my coat. So I has, had to go to the bathroom. I said, I'll be, and I went to the bathroom and I saw a check for $2,000. I think that was my first ever bathroom holler. Some, somebody probably thought I'd have a hard time in that bathroom. Hey! Hey! I said, Lord, Jesus, somebody. Give him some Pepto-Bismol or something. <laughs> I told Marcia, I said, he gave me 2000 She said, well, his wife gave me something too. I said, well, what's he give you? She said, I don't know. I said, well, take it out. <laughs> she opens up her envelope and her, his wife gave her $1,000 cash. In one day, the money I be was believing God for came through one couple because I allowed God to interrupt my life with his call. And the Lord, and one thing after another started happening. Money started coming from unforeseen sources because I allowed God to interrupt my life. Oh, y'all listen to me. See, y'all, the call is often going to require a sacrifice. And people don't want to sacrifice. My, one, of the, one of the things that was the impetus for this message is because we're at a place right now, even in our church, where I need particular staff people, and I need people to do certain things. And this is not to make anybody feel bad. But most of us are too busy pursuing our own agenda to consider ministry. Because we got a plan for how we're going to be rich. And ministry don't look like the way. And when I started in ministry, I, was, 
I asked God for one thing when full-time, I said, God, just don't let my children suffer because we had been through that. Then I asked God for a house. Then I asked God for a house on the lake. Then I asked God for an EV. There wasn't any. <laughs> I, then I asked God for a special kind of car, foreign car. Then I asked God for designer clothes. I asked God, just don't let my children suffer. I just want to be able to take care of my children. I wasn't trying to be rich. I was just trying to obey the call of God. Are y'all listening to me? The call is often going to require sacrifice. Matthew 10, 38 says, and he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. You're not worthy. He said, unless you're willing to make the sacrifice for the call like Peter and John had to do, like the sons of Zebedee have to do, you're not even worthy of me. Luke 9, 23 through 25 says, if anyone's going to come after me, you got to deny yourself. What does that mean? Deny your plans. I think, I think when Darius Daniel was here one time, I, I, I believe when he was here or heard him sitting, he said, we have to abandon the way we think is going to happen. You got plans for this, you got plans for that. You got to abandon how you think that's going to happen. In order for us to move forward and build this building, I had to just say, God, this is your project. I don't know where the money's coming from. We got enough to start and move forward. And you don't need finishing grace until you get started. And so we declare that as we go, God gonna supply every need. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. And so we have to abandon, well, I, don't, I just don't see how to, I just don't see how I can make it. I don't see how, if I do what God tells me to do, I can, I don't see how this is going to happen. You, you have to get the how out of here. Look at somebody say, get the how out of here. You didn't slip up and add two L's at the end of that, did you? Get the how out of here. Jesus goes on to say in Luke 9, 24, Whoever desires to save his life is going to lose it. I was reading this last night and I underlined save his life. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Whoever tries to save his life, you can't save your own life. You know, if a woman gets mad, brothers, you need to understand if if you don't learn to be there for your woman, for your wife, she will become independent. Some of them will let you know they become independent, and some of them just become independent. Independent means they made up in their mind, I don't need you. Independent means, look, they'll tell you, I got me. I open my own door. I pay my own bills. I'm going to keep my own savings. Okay? I got me. And that's how some of y'all act with God. I got me. Because we really believe we can take care of ourselves better than God can take care of us. We don't believe that as somebody in this church used to say to me, this faith thing works. So we think, no, I know I got a degree. I know I can work overtime. 
<laughs> I know if I call this person, I know I got fraternity brothers and sorority sisters, and we work all of our plan, and we don't really believe that God can save our life. Come on, if he saved your soul, he can save your life. I said if he saved your soul, he can save your life. But if you lose your life, lose your way of how you're going to be successful. He said, then you'll save it. Nobody can save your life but Jesus. What profit if a man, if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? The call, y'all, it can look like you can accept in losses and sacrificing gains. Jesus, we have toiled all night. I know what works. I know what doesn't work. Paul later comes and says this, Philippians 3, 7, and 8. He said, things that were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. All the things that I thought I got me, all the things that I thought were my sense of accomplishment, all the things I thought I could do were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yet doubtless, I count all things lost as nothing for the excellency of the knowledge of, of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as dung, as refuse, that I might win Christ. Paul said, I had to let go of what I thought made me successful. I had to let go of what I thought given me pride and dignity and gave me a reason to tell, in, in, in my situation, y'all, and, and the Lord had to show me this, because later on, I couldn't understand, really couldn't understand why I got fired, or, or, I mean, I know why I got fired. I got fired because I wouldn't do what the Lord told me to do, but how the Lord allowed this to happen. But one of the things the Lord told me that I was wearing my job like a badge of accomplishment. So if I met someone, our church is small then, if I met someone who was a Christian, another pastor, I would say, well, I'm, 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 I founded a church, Right Direction Christian Center, which we were at that time. But if I met someone from corporate America, I said, oh, yeah, I'm a manager for Cigna. Are y'all listening to me? So I was counting my title as a badge of honor. You're going to have to suffer loss and count all your accomplishments and take all that and submit that under whatever call God has for your life. Y'all, see, some people just too preoccupied with our own agenda to pursue our own agenda and personal suits to respond to the call. Uh, Jesus, I am wrapping up the fishing now. Let it, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm finished fishing. Don't let it, no, 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 no. But nevertheless, at your word. That was, it was my agenda to go home. It was my agenda to, to take all my nets and go on and just try another day. But nevertheless, I'm going to respond to your agenda. Y'all remember the rich young ruler? He recorded in Matthew 19. He, he thinks he wants to follow Jesus. What do I have to do? He said, you, you know the commandments. Don't kill, don't steal. He said, yeah, 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 I know all that. I've kept all that since my youth. And Jesus looked at him pitifully and sorrowfully because he knew here's the greatest challenge for him. He said, if you really want to be mature and perfect and please God, sell what you have, liquidate your assets, and give to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. And, and what he said to Peter and Zebedee, and Andrew, and Matthew, he says the same thing to this man. Come follow me. <laughs> and the man says, please, 
Verse 22, and when they heard these things, he went away sorrowfully, for he had great possessions. He wanted his stuff more than he wanted Jesus. He wanted to follow his agenda more than he wanted Jesus did, even though it sounds real good. Lord, what do I have to do? But I want to tell you as I conclude this, y'all, there is a reward for saying yes to the call. There is a reward for saying yes to the call. I spent a little segment of my time in the Church of God in Christ. The Church of God in Christ, you can't join it, you must be born in it. But there's a refrain that is in the Church of God in Christ that came as a spiritual song from their founder, Bishop Mason. And that song had one word to it. And that word was, yes, 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 make it three syllables, yes, 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 Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And, and, and you know, and I grew up in church hearing that, and we, we, we sang yes to start prayer. We sang yes to get ready for the altar call. And yes means different things to different people. Yes to the backslider means yes, I'll come back. Yes to the person who's not tired and says, yes, I'll tithe. Yes to the person who's shacking, says, God, I'm going to get out of this relationship and live a life that's pleasing you. Yes to the fornicator says, I'm going to live a holy life. What is your yes? I'm here to tell you there is a reward on the other side of your response to saying yes to whatever God is calling you to do. So even... Though the disciples have done what Jesus told them to do, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. After that rich young ruler came and went away sorrowfully because many times when God calls you, he doesn't tell you what he's going to do if you obey him. God don't say, Now, if you follow me, I'm going to bless you with a big house. If you follow me, I'm going to uh, bless your career. He just says, follow me. Because he wants you to want him more than you want from him. So the yes first is just to Jesus himself. Yes to him, not just to what he wants to give you. So the rich young ruler didn't see that this deal can work. So Jesus says after the rich young ruler leaves, he says, uh, I'm telling y'all, it's hard for those who trust in riches to allow the call to interrupt their life. It's hard for those who want to do things their own way to see how if they do things my way, they're going to be blessed. It's hard for those put all their trust in their education and their degrees and their connections and their credit score and their bank account to figure out 
how I can bless him without relying on all those things. It's hard. And Peter, because he was quite assertive, if, one, if, one, if there's something you can describe about Peter, a word you can use is assertive. Peter said what was on his mind, for better or for worse. And you all know people got the, the Peter anointing on their life. They just say anything, even if it's the devil talking through them. Peter was always speaking up, and Peter said, he, Jesus said, it's hard for those who trust in riches to, to enter the kingdom of God and do things God's way. He says, hard. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, which doesn't mean like a needle and thread. The needle was the entry of the gate into a city where the merchants would have all types of merchandise on top of camels, and they either have to take all the merchandise off or try to get the camel to kneel down and push the camel through in order to come into the city. He says, it's easier for a camel to go through the gate, the eye of the city, than it's for a rich man to enter to God's way of doing things. And Peter gets offended. Peter said, well, now hold up. Matthew 19, verse 28, Jesus said to them, sure that, that in, in, the, in the regeneration, uh, he says, the son of man who sits on the throne of glory, he said, you who are following me, you're going to sit on the throne also. You're going to judge the 12 tribes and everyone who've left houses, mother, father, sisters, brothers, left your agenda, gave up your plan. Oh, I just heard something that my former pastor told me. <laughs> he said, Herb, you got to let your vision die. Oh, my God. I'll never forget that. He might as well have slapped me in my face. Because when I came to Tulsa, Oklahoma, I, again, I'm on a path. Going to be here for a couple years, take this next promotion, then I'm on a career path. I'm just taking dexterous steps. And he said, Herb, you got to let your vision die. Let my vision die. I've had a vision for my life for years. This is what I'm going to do. This is how long it's going to take. This is how much time. You got to let your vision die. If you're going to get God's vision for your life, I know this is challenging us this morning. I tell you, this wasn't no first service kind of message. You got to let your vision die. Every time I, I hear people, uh, and sometimes I laugh. Well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going here. I've just, I've just never seen that. I just don't see myself doing that. And I laugh. Because what you're saying is, I'm, I'm running this shit. Jesus is not the Lord of my life. Listen to me, y'all. Because many of us, we've made Jesus our Savior. He's our Savior. He ain't our Lord. The Savior, he saved you from your sin, but he ain't running your life. You, and you testify, I'm going to heaven. I'm enjoying the trip. But Jesus is not your Lord. Jesus said this. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? I'll never forget a friend of mine. At least a former friend, because he stopped talking to me after I told him as a preacher he needed to stop all his gambling and going to Vegas and stuff. He didn't want to talk to me no more. Anyway, um, I was telling him about going to Africa. He said, well, I ain't going to Africa. I said, well, I wasn't planning on going to Africa either. I said, but the Lord told him, well, no, I'm not going to Africa. I ain't preaching. I have no desire. I said, I didn't have a desire. And, and we, I remember having, he said, I'm not, he said, the Lord can't tell me to go to Africa because I ain't going to Africa. And, and, and I just thought, how do you call yourself a man or woman of God and you decide what you're going to do, where you're going to go? 
Jesus is not your Lord. And for some of us today, the interruption to the call of God, for the call is to just let Jesus be your Lord. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for Marriage, Faith, and Family Inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.